buying off the plan can be potentially a very, very dangerous move. If you don't watch out for some basics that we're gonna teach you now in a couple of seconds. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to Morning Minutes, episode 375. Every day we get closer to the big 4-0-0. You've got myself, Michael Bergio, Mark Novak, buying off the plan, buying new properties. There's a, there's just, like, whenever you say off the plan, plan, just look up and pretend there's a big grey cloud there. And that's sort of the sentiment from buyers, especially if they've never bought before. They I reckon it's probably one of the most Googled things when buying, your pros and your cons, what to look out for, is it good, is it bad? Because like anything, Mark, you just hear horror stories and there's pro in property market compared to buying to a secondhand sale or there's probably more horror stories or significant ones about off the plan from not getting what you want or what you thought, the construction, delays, but it's still great opportunities there. Huge and guys, we on the like in the Northern Beaches has 185 real estate agencies. Out of all of those real estate agents, we would be the highest volume agent with selling projects and off the plan. And what we mean by that is lots per year that we've sold over that period. We had we've had some really good exposure to give you guys some really good advice on what to watch out for when buying off the plan. Yeah, so let's go. What are some some positives? Like when you're in that buying process, you've got what buyers like. They like the set buying price, especially in a booming market. Mark, there's a big difference. I know in the sentiment when you've got a buyer yeah. when there's low stock, days on market's low, and you go to the auction. It says it's guiding seven hundred. It sells for eight. It sells for eight fifty. And you've done your strata reports. You've done a lot. So. I don't take for granted set prices. It's a big benefit. Also, the choice. Gen generally, you've got multiple to, to choose from within a building. You can sometimes do some modifications. Um, and well, the, yep. the stock level is just so bloody low at the moment. People are fighting over the one property. So having that having that plethora of selection, just so much selection of what you can do, is a massive advantage. And you're not, you know, getting pipped at the post all the time when you're buying off the plan, like you are with a um, an auction. Yeah. Also, you got a lower capital outlay. A lot of the time, you only need a ten percent deposit. Some developers will do a five percent deposit up front, and then you've got two years, one year, two, three years. For, to say for the settlement. I know a lot of people are a bit like, oh, I've got 50 grand in the bank, but I need 100 or 80, but I'll have that next year, but I want to buy now. I'll, that building's in a great location. Or I don't want the money in my savings account because I'll spend it. So it's almost a, a, a good for savings. And in the but imagine if you're buying... Yeah, that's right. Imagine if you're buying any product and you're sort of relatively confident that that product's going to go up by 10%. Um, by the time you need to pay for the whole thing. So imagine uh, ladies that are watching, imagine lay buying something and then it, more often than not, it's going to be worth more when you're ready to pay off the lay buy. Yeah, and that's a big thing. I think 
people like the long settlement. There's a lot of people who their time, as much as people love to sort of move in, having 12 months, 18 months to get things in order in your life, um, but also that savings. But what are sort of, what, let's maybe address, some, also Mark, the, talk about the, before we get into some of the negatives, because I think a lot of time people always talk about the positives, but if, you, if you're not aware of sort of the counter argument and what to look for in that, um, then you can, hit, you can hit a bit of a hurdle or a stumbling block when trying to buy. So, but Mark, talk about the stabilizing market um, view on off the plan, because I think that's very interesting for people to know. Selling so many projects that we have over the years, this is the one thing that we've noticed that happens, which is the best news about buying off the plan, and you can't get it happening with secondhand properties. And allow me to give you an, a large scale example and a very recent example, which is the Meriton DY. So we won Meriton New Agents of the Year um, uh, and will their, their top agents in, um, list in the top agents um, with them across Australia. Uh, and a lot of what we sold was their DY, their DY block. Their DY block had 365 units, 360 units in there. Now, guys, you've got to understand this. Very important. We, let's, oh, and I'm going to use DY, but this works for any suburb when, when, when buying off the plan. Meriton did a lot of three-bedders in there, as an example. They had to sell those three bedrooms. DY sells 500 units on average a year. You know, if you go back the last 20 years, it's about 500 a year that DY is selling. That comes down to 45, let's just say 50 a month. There's 50 units a month that sell in DY. Of that 50 units... Eight to ten are normally three bettors. Okay, for you guys following me? Yep. Every month, there's eight to ten three bettors that sell in DY in any given year at any given time. If Meriton decides to sell to build 300 units and, a, and 150, or let's just say the whole block is three bedroom units, this developer has to have a, has to sell. three to ten units selling a month and the stock's already there so what the developer has to do in order to move the stock in order to sell the stock in order to shift the stock is discount the product the more they want to move in a month the more they have to discount the three-bedroom product fact and here's where the beautiful thing happens so just imagine mr. Triggerboff you're saying I want I want I want you to sell ten three bedders a month to his sales team the sales team says, Mr. Triggerboff, there's only it, there's already 10 selling. There's 10 supplied and there's 10 buyers every month. If we want to do 20 for DY, we've got to discount the product. Now, if he says he wants to do he wants to sell 30 that month, then he's even more aggressively got to discount the product because there's only a certain amount of buyers for three betters in the marketplace. How low can you go? Uh, I, and I've used this example bananas if your family is eating three bananas a week and bananas are 
you know, and they say, we want to sell more, we, we want you to buy 20 bananas, you're going to go, no, I don't need them. So unless they were a really compelling price and you go, look, I'll take it and I'll give some to my family. Same thing. Yeah. Anyway, this is the beautiful thing. You Sorry? I was just going to say the key there, because some people think, well, why doesn't they just take three years to sell them? Why why rush it? People got to understand that, that a lot of the the time they've got trigger dates they have to have 50 percent of the building sold 80 percent of the building sold before the bank will loan them for the construction so they don't have three years or five years to do pre-sales so sometimes they're trying to just juggle in four years worth of sales in six months because if you said to a buyer buy it now but we're only in seven years because i only want to sell one extra a month because DY only sells 10 and i don't want to flood the market and discount they've got to compress it so that's where that sort of ties in what what you were saying. Now here's the kicker when buying off the plan, and in conclusion to what I was to to the block of what I just spoke about, how many are selling per month and stuff like that. Here's the kicker, and we just saw this happen with Meriton. The pricing to sell their one bet, their three betters, when they to sell to sell them out, all sold, they were selling for about one to 1.1 for a three better that were cheap real mm. cheap what actually happened what actually happened now there's no more three betters for sale in meriton and dy has gone back to selling its same old 10 or 11 10 back then now now there's a bit more stock permanently available it's doing about 8 10 11 a month sales but what happens is the prices all jumped because it because of the lack of stock of three bedrooms. So there's been about a 30% jump literally overnight from when Meriton sold out all their three bedders, finished, done, or gone. Overnight, the prices jumped because that stock availability. So three bedders were selling at an artificial low when there was a surplus of three bedders in DY due to Meriton. My point is, keep an eye out on suburb, off the plan often, because they're dropping into the grid so many units, keep an eye out because you're often buying them under market. When the asset stabilizes, then you actually go back to normalized levels and you can get a really good gap or a really good jump. And to isolate what I'm talking about even further, it happens in the rental market as well. So what happens in the rental market, we've suddenly got 82 bedrooms to get rented. What happens in that month when that building's finished? It's bloody cheap to rent a two better in that suburb. Yeah, and the, and especially in the suburb, but in the new building, they go for huge pricing because I think some people, um, they may look at a brand new one better and a second hand one better and the new one would be a little bit more expensive. But a lot of people, where you get huge value buying a brand new property is that rental return. Some of the rents we got in, in Meriton and Carlisle were huge. So let's say you thought you're paying 50 grand compared to a 50 year old unit to a new one, the rental return could have been 10, 20, 30% higher because a lot of the stock was older. So some of the, okay, so some of the cons on this on this article, like limited growth in the market. Guys, yep. put you on hold for one sec. Jeff Luby, good morning, legend. Uh, Luke Moroni, are people worried about another Opal? Absolutely, let's come to that in a second. Uh, how bad are building standards these days? Not bad at all. It's so regulated. And Mal, g'day, boys are back. Good morning, guys. Thank you. Yep. Sorry, Michael. 
Yeah, so I, I know a lot of the expectation is a lot of people ha sometimes get worried about um, the, the growth. What, what will it be worth in two years um, when it comes to valuations and things like that? So that's where you've sort of got to really look at what you're buying it, what the growth has been done, any up and coming projects. In most cases, you sort of, it's look at the, a good comparable is uh, you sort of your capital growth but also the sales in the building. You can also look at the rates per square meter as well. And especially if you're buying into a project that 10 or 20%, 30% have, have already sold in, you can always be assured the values are, are very fair. Like if 20 people have already bought in at that level as well. So I think, and you may also just wanna make sure you've got a little bit of extra cash in the kitty um, for finance, financing purposes. Because as much as some, we've had some great success stories where people have had a 30% deposit, the market went up even further from when they bought it and they only had to use 10%, you do want to protect yourself on a downswing. But be mindful, property is always the long game, but Mark, we've, we've seen in two years a big up a 10% shift. So play the long game in property, you're buying a brand new property, there's huge depreciation benefits and tax benefits, but just protect yourself if you, you do have a 5% downturn or you may be great to have a 5% upturn. I don't think you want to ignore it um, and just think super positive. What's that saying? Prepare for the worst, but expect the best or something? Prepare, yeah, along yep. those lines. Expectations now, will build. Opal. Yeah, expect Let's talk build about it. Opal. Yes, so expectations with builders. There's a big thing to look at, Mark, where you you see the pretty CGIs, you see the pretty, the architect's name could be a big name on there, but it really comes down to who is building. Not always is the developer the builder. Mark, do you want to go through that relationship and how that can vary and what someone can do to sort of research who's actually laying the concrete, laying the tiles? Yeah. I, th I think most importantly, um, everyone's got to look at the sheer numbers. And it, as soon as um, we talk about off the plan, you can see by my, by Luke's comment and uh, what's in a lot of people's minds, by association, the first thing that we think about is, is what was in the news. And what's been in the news is um, loss. Uh, Loss is a lot more newsworthy than gain. Yeah. Uh, you know, do you, you know what I mean? So in the news, if if it bleeds, it reads. So people love, news loves uh, to report the suffering, right? So when you, guys, you've got to look at the average, and I'll, I'll come to what you were about saying in a second, Michael, but you've got to look at an average. You've got to look at if they're building 20,000 units a year or 30,000 units a 22, year. 22,000. Okay. Huge. Okay. 22,000 a year. You're building 22,000 a year. In the news, in the last 10 years, how many blocks have been reported in the news? How many units in those blocks have been reported? Let's let's say that Opal Towers has 200 units. 200 units over the last 10 years when they've built 400,000 units? Yeah. Yeah, it's, uh, you gotta look at, is it just one error rather than a systematic 
error in the industry. Like if this was happening building after building, then you'd be like, well, the standards are low. Something's wrong with our building. Who's checking these? We've had two, out of the last 10 buildings built, five of them have had issues. They're in the news rather than in five years, we've had two, two or three really big cases and they've built thousands of buildings. Right. Now, there's, there may be 50 murders in Australia a year, but there's 27 million good citizens. Yes. Yeah. Then, then there may be one bad building every five or 10 years, but there's 400,000 units that have been built. So, fair go. Fair go. But also, you can do your own due diligence. Ask the agent builder who is building the project. Look at them independently. They may be under the banner of that developer, but they're different companies within. Look at them, go to their past projects. Don't just look online, go knock on the door of someone living there and say, hey, sorry to bother you, but I'm buying in a project this builder built, how is it? They'll be bloody quick to tell you if it's no good and that is priceless and that's the best thing you can do. But also be mindful, look at what they bought it for, look at what some resales are, look at some benefits there. So you've just got to do your own due diligence there and take it upon yourself. That's the biggest thing. The agent's going to put all the good stuff together, so is the developer. Can you just repeat what you said that first half, Michael? I think that's important. Yeah. Look at who's building the project, the actual builder. Yep. Then they're, going to, yep. they're a business within a business, so they're going to be promoting what the other jobs they've done themselves. Then go to those yep. properties, go to the unit block, knock on the door, and say, hey, sorry to bother you, but I am looking to buy a unit in a building this builder has built. What Are you happy here? Any issues? And talk to them. As we know, people are quick to complain, but they're also- Guys and girls, this is the best piece of advice out of this, out of this piece that we're doing today that I'd like you to take away. The best piece of advice is to do what Michael just said. Yeah. Also, thanks, Tony. You've asked what's some new legislation that's come in for off the plan. Uh, what I'm aware of, the insurance has gotten longer, building insurance, but a big thing is now there's personal guarantees from the developer builder. So before everyone had a worry that the company that owned the building could just be shut down, you've got no recourse. There's now um, a personal guarantee from the name behind the company. So even if they shut down that company, they're still liable. As of about 18 months ago, they've made developers lock away cash. Yes, the bond. On, purp on purpose. So there's now effectively like a bond. I think they're sitting at about 1.5% of the project yeah, cost. Yeah, 1.5%. Uh, about that. So there's money there that can be used against the builder that the builder must leave on the on the table i think for two to five years or something like that but we've actually tackled a really big topic today we're already up to 19 minutes we're meant yeah. to be finished at 15. um but tony's how passionate we are about it yeah tony's just asked another one with sunset clause there were a couple of changes a couple just quickly tomorrow okay all good let's tune in tomorrow let's tony. Let's, let's talk about the sunset tomorrow. <laughs> yes, done. Thank you, everyone. Keep an eye there tomorrow, Tony, for sunset clauses. Oh, I've got some really good, good, good advice on that one. Cheers, everyone. Bye.